Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 254. And remember, when you invade a planet, have a plan. It's in the name. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm good. I think we're all a bit tired. A little tired. That's okay. Could be low, low energy show tonight. <laughs> no the, such thing as a low energy the show. The mellow right cast. The mellow cast. The dulcet tones. <laughs> the vortex. <laughs> You've reached heavy early. <laughs> we morning hours of, oh look, 4 a.m. <laughs> Let's find out what's in the news. So you might have seen rumors that Series 10 was going to be short. And those are not true. Stephen Moffat, quote, I quote him, it's not being reduced in size. We're not making fewer episodes. That's all, com- that's all complete bunk. I can confirm that absolutely. Yay. This is all news to me because I didn't even yeah. see the news that they were doing a truncated <laughs> a, season. A couple days before <laughs> uh, Moffat came out and squashed the rumors, there were a lot of uh, saying that, there was going to be less episodes because Peter Capaldi wants to go work on other projects. Yeah. I, I finally read all of it when <laughs> I saw that there was going to be confirmed full season. I said, what? <laughs> Why are they coming out and telling me this? And so then I went back and found out that there was a rumor before. And, and in fact, Peter Capaldi also addressed the rumors uh, of the cut when asked by BBC Entertainment correspondent Lizzo Mizba. Uh, if the reports of the half season next year are accurate, and he said, not as far as I know. Sean, don't laugh at people's names. I'm not laughing. That's so rude. That's not what I've been told. That's not what I'm contracted for. So. And that's pretty much it for the news, aside from uh, Lego Dimensions Doctor Who set coming out, and they've released the trailer, or the the opening title credits, and Rumors that <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> with all twelve doctors in the in the opening credits. Oh, oh yeah, that was, that was fun. There's a all thirteen actually. There's a video um, out there of uh, some of the gameplay where uh, basically a character is uh, whoever's done the video is running around and he just kills the doctor. You know, you just beat on him, beat on him, beat on him, and he disintegrates into pieces. And then when the he reappears, he does the regeneration thing and gold <laughs> energy flows out and Hartnell shows up and then he runs inside the TARDIS and the TARDIS interior changes for each doctor, whoever you currently have, and the theme song, whatever doctor you happen to be using when you get into the TARDIS, that's what it is. That's really so he cool. runs through the entire gambit of them during the course of this video. They got eight TARDIS console room right. They did. It's the gothic with the things. So the picture was just wrong that they released. My next question then is, if it's every one of their themes, do you get the movie theme? Uh, You know, honestly, I don't remember. I was just looking at the picture at that point. (laughs) No sound? No, well, I I didn't care. It's a good start. (laughs) It's a good start then. (laughs) All right, they're winning me over. And uh, the War Doctor's TARDIS is the weird meld where it's got the round things and then the organic the white and coral. coral. Yeah. Which I guess is fair because it's the only one we've seen him yeah, fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's fine. We don't that's, know that's, that that's, that's screen is. accurate as far as we know. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Then there's also the the rumors and speculation and possibilities that the Doctor will be in the Lego movie too. Which he should be. Uh, he's part of Dimensions. Why not have him in part of the movie? Yeah. Everything is awesome. <laughs> I'm not super excited about Lego Movie 2, but I, if he's going to be in it, I'll go see it. I hope it's as good as the first one. I hope it's slightly better. Because <laughs> I did not That's love right, it as much as like everybody. It I, I thought it was okay. I just didn't love it. All right. Well, should we move on to our Doctor Who Legacy tip Oh. The week. And our tip of the week this week comes from Sean. This is a simple tip, but I thought it bears repeating because uh, I'm not sure if we've actually done this before. Um, I've joked about make sure you log in. And I have some, some, some conclusive evidence that this is a good thing to do. Um, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Mel had to uh, switch out her phone. We, we've switched phones, and, and uh, when they and she lost all of when it. they did that, yeah. they hard reset it, and she lost all of her stuff. And she had I don't know all fifty some odd time crystals and everything. But she was a little miffed about losing it. So she's on her new device, and uh, she's playing on her tablet, and she's logging in every week or every night. And um, I, I asked her, I said, "Have you built any characters up or anything like that since you've been doing it?" She says, "No, I've kind of been stockpiling." And then uh, she, I don't know, she was sick one night or something, so I went to log in for her, uh, and was astonished that she's already back up at near fifty. I was forty-eight, I think. Crystals is what she had built up already, and she hasn't had this new device all that long. <laughs> and if she's not spending any, it's just like, oh wow, this is a huge boon to be able to have every five, you know, days. Every, every five days to get that. And, you know, you do the math, and it's just like, this is a lot of stuff. So um, just remember to do that. And with the time change, it's an hour earlier, so make sure you don't run down to the last <laughs> minute like I do because I missed another one this That week. is an important tip. So um, with the time change, just make sure that you're logging in. And, you know, if, even, if you're not, even if you're not actively playing right now, even if you're in one of those modes where you're just kind of like, eh, I'm going to let it rest for a little bit, still make sure you log in because at least then you do get that daily bonus. And of course, you should also be playing the, uh, you know, the bonus level every the week. Which level. I, I, need, yeah. I need to do that to make sure that I get my uh, my free character this week. Also, did anybody else happen to notice this specials tab? Have you guys played recently? It's been there for a while. Okay, there's a new thing in the specials tab that's the uh, whatever it is, the kids level for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yes. The, the special level for that. Well, I hadn't seen that. Oh, you hadn't? So oh. it was new to me yesterday. Yeah. Oh, well, you better hurry and play because it's a very good way. I, I did. <laughs> and and, and uh, had fun and, and got a Dalek costume. So, yep. yay. I like free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. It's a simple one. But again, just even if you're even if you're not playing physically right now. Or actively, of course, you have to play physically. But if you're not actively playing, <laughs> um, I'm mentally playing. I'm mentally, mentally playing, playing it right now I, as we speak. I, I, I sleep at it's night and dream about combos, <laughs> and I haven't got any of the uh, bonuses. But. but make sure you log in daily. <laughs> That's it. Logging in mentally will not help. No, no, no. You actually you know, have to have to push the button. Well, that's your Doctor Who legacy tip of the week. Shall we move on to feedback? First up in feedback is Kirk. He writes, The longest month of my life. <laughs> hey, Vortex crew. Here are some thoughts on Series 9. Buckle in. This is going to be a long one. I've mentioned before that Series 8 never quite felt right to me. Overall, I would give last season's episode the grade of B, with some dipping into D-. I'm looking at you in the forest of the night. <laughs> that was me, not him. <laughs> I was extremely worried that... Many of the stories had rag uh, structure issues that Capaldi seemed more like an actor trying out various versions of the Doctor rather than just being the Doctor. I sent feedback gushing about The Magician's Apprentice. I'm pleased to report that I'm just as happy eight episodes into Series 9 as I was after the first. It seems that Moffat and Capaldi have found the groove. The stories are more tightly edited, and scripts and performances have come together for a series of amazing moments for the Doctor. The Witch is familiar. Had a few things I would quibble with, but the initial two-parter was still a terrific start to the season. Under the Lake and Before the Flood combined for a solid adventure story with a nice supporting cast and some excellent character moments. I liked The Girl Who Died, but I liked it less than the general fandom consensus. I just didn't buy... I just didn't buy the electric eels and dragon ploy. The casting of Maisie Williams as a shielder was spectacular in The Girl Who Died. As for The Woman Who Lived, I liked it too. I think I actually liked it more than general fandom consensus. Ironically. I, ironically, I think the casting of Maisie Williams as a shielder was the biggest weak spot in this story. She was just too baby-faced to carry the gravity and the tragedy that role called for. I suppose it'll be real fandom. I'll be a real fandom pariah when I admit that I like Swam, Sam Swift just fine. I think the character would have better played, would have played better if Rufus Hound and Maisie Williams had have been a believable romantic tension, which goes to my feeling that Maisie Williams didn't fit the intent of the story as well as the previous one. Okay, and now. The Zygon Invasion slash Inversion. 
The first part of the story had me worried since it seemed like they were cramming too much story and left too many connecting bits on the editing room floor. It felt rushed and uneven. As of part two, all is forgiven. Wow, what a tour de force performance by Capaldi. I think I could probably knock plenty of holes in the plot if I tried, but I'm just not going to try. I don't typically think of Doctor Who as the type of show that would earn Best Actor awards, but damn, somebody hand Peter Capaldi an Emmy already. <laughs> I'm very happy to have her, to have Osgood and her new sister Ozbad back among the living. I think Osgood actually got a little less interesting when pushed more front and center in the story. But never mind, I'm delighted she has been resurrected. And finally, we have more evidence that there's a story reason behind the limited time that Doctor and Clara are spending together during the stories. During this two-parter, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman were only filmed together in a few sequences. The two longest, planning with the Doctor and Kate in Invasion, and confrontation with Bonnie and Kate in Inversion, were clearly shot on the same soundstage with most of the same cast. I suspect the leads only filmed together on two or three days of shooting for the whole two-part story. I think the filming schedule is for production reasons. Maybe Capaldi and Coleman were promised reduced filming days in lieu of salary increases. Maybe one or both of them had to juggle other projects. Anyway, Moffat seems to have cooked it all into the story arc for this season. The Doctor's unease during the conversation with Clara about the length of time he thought she was dead points to something weird going on. This season is moving to a conclusion all too fast, so it won't be long before we know what's up. I'm having a terrific time. Thanks for all the great work on the podcast. It's at the top of my queue every week. I enjoy your f new faster pace, but I miss hearing more about your tangents and day-to-day -day adventures. Maybe we need a separate What Glenn, Sean, and Keith Did This Week podcast. Smiley faced. Happy travels, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. And this just in, Sean will tangent as long as you like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to something he said real quick about Maisie Williams. I can, I can kind of see what he says, but that also lends to the tragedy of the character, I think, of that she has this baby face essentially for the rest of her life. I, I, I think that makes her being 800 years with a younger-looking face makes the character more tragic. It doesn't sell the romantic tension t between the two for me either, Kirk, but everything else about it, yes, it, it works really well for me. But that's me. I, I can see it both ways. I agree. I think it is a little more tragic because of her appearance. But it's kind of like, uh, what's-her-face, Kirsten Dunst in yeah. Interview with a Vampire, being that kid for eternity. is yeah. But I, I also... I wonder how much of it is that I'm stuck on uh, Aria. Aria. From, you know, because I didn't know that Aria is whatever age she's supposed to be in, 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 oh. in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I, you know, I look at Aria and think 12. <laughs> Just, that's, that's, that's my mental projection of her. And, uh, of course, I guess Daenerys is supposed to be eight or something, according to the books. I don't know. Uh, it just, Not it, quite that. I mean, it, reverse those ages, maybe. It, 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 it just seems weird to me that, you know, she's that young. But she's not. So yeah. I can go both ways of it, but I don't know how much of it is what I've had previously in, in, in my Mental head. projection, yeah. Up next in feedback is Holly. Holly writes, Zygon, Zygon, Zygons. Hey, guys. Wow, what can I say? These two episodes by themselves and together were fantastic. The Doctor's speech at the end of the Zygon inversion, wow, chills. Peter Capaldi really knocked it out of the park. Loved the five rounds rapid nod to the brig. Jenna did a fantastic job playing Zygella. Yeah. We also know Osgood's first name. Can't say I don't blame her for not wanting to go by her first name. I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting a few more things that I liked about the episode, but I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode and the two-parter as a whole. Holly from Wisconsin. And thank, thank you, Holly. Holly. And that's it for feedback. Well, since that's it, I think we'll wrap it up here. Should we give away a book? Should we, we give, give away a few books? We can give away a few books. 
Well, if you remember, two episodes ago, we gave out five questions um, that people were supposed to submit emails with the answers to to win a copy of Beast of Fang Rock. No the, just Beast. No the. <laughs> um, we've got three copies to give away, and we have drawn names out of a hat. And our winners are Holly. Oh, well, okay. Oh. I just, I just throw that one out there. <laughs> Holly, I'm going to give you a drum roll okay. and you know, do a little cool with it. Next one is Ben. Yay! And the final one is Chrissy. So Holly, Ben, and Chrissy, congratulations. I know you. Uh, Good thing we ain't got an extra book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have three winners. Uh, we, I, I'm going to go back through our Patreon emails and double check and see if I have your addresses and cross check with Sean. If not, I will shoot you an email and get your address because the books are coming to me and then I will send them to you as soon as I get them. I'm going to say the names one more time just so that, uh, Holly, Ben and Chrissy. Excellent. Congratulations to the three of you. And thank you once again to uh, yes. uh, uh, Andy and uh, all of the fine staff over at Candy Jar Books for making this giveaway possible. Yeah. I know we appreciate it. And I'm certain that at least three of our listeners will as well. And the three of you, if you did not see the tweets, they will be signed. Yay! <laughs> Shall we move on to our review of the Zygon version? Let's do... Shape-shifting Zygons are everywhere in the UK, and there is no way of knowing who to trust. With unit neutralized, only the Doctor stands in their way. But how do you stop a war? And what can the Doctor do to save his friends? I don't have a big enough dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. This is, this is the best episode in forever. <laughs> In a really long time, I don't know. I was blown away by by top to bottom how good this was for me. Glenn's kind of rolling his eyes. Going, no, hey, this hey, was hey. the best episode of the season. Agreed. Yeah, of the of this entire well, series has been. Did, did you guys go back and rewatch both of them back to back? I did. Well, I, I, I was curious. I didn't get to. Only reason I did is because Mason didn't see it last week, so I watched it with him before we watched. Uh, how, how did they feel back to back? Much better. In fact, well. Even if had I not watched them back to back, this week's episode completely raised last week's episode. Yeah, it feels like millions. In fact, one. I'm glad I didn't race to judge last week's <laughs> episode based on this. Yeah, what I felt this week. So. It, it feels more than any other two parter, like one long it story does. to me. It really does. Like it, you don't need that break in the middle. It's just poof, epic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could sit down and watch these together. And just feel like one big long movie. That's I, what it feels like. I look forward to it on Friday night sometime yeah. soon. And there's no tonal shift. No, we've had really with some no. of the other ones. There's Not no. It, it, it kept that same level of tension and paranoia. Less on the paranoia, but but the tension, the tension was ratcheted up almost to replace it. Yeah. Um, in this one, um, well, and it's almost the paranoia on the Zygon side of it. With the one guy that she forces to turn and doesn't want to turn, all of that stuff. Yeah, if it, anything, it, it, it turns it, it the other direction. Yeah, yeah, it inverts it. Oh, oh, oh! oh. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, obviously, I, and I think anybody who, who, you know, from the kind of feel of what we got in feedback, anybody who who wrote in, the large chunk of the success of this episode rests on the shoulders of Peter Cabaldi. Yeah, his who performance was, was amazing. Amazing. And if he doesn't get a BAFTA for that performance, then I will personally go over to the UK and give them a stern talking to. Because they a very stern talking do to or not just a stern know, talking to? A very stern talking to because they, they, they don't know talent when they yeah. see it. Maybe we should just do that. We should have the Traveling the Vortex first annual... Start knocked our socks very stern off talking award. to him. Oh. <laughs> Give out our own awards. Let's do it right here. Right? And the winner is Peter Capaldi for that speech. <laughs> There's no one ever going to top that. Well, until this next year. year. Yeah, this no, year. this year. We, <laughs> we, we were calling it. Amazing, amazing. Oh. I'd like to thank the Academy. It's just, 
Oh, I mean, on the edge of my seat and on the verge of tears, chills simultaneously down the back of ooh, with and 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 powerfully written and delivered amazingly. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the words. No, and uh, how potent that was. I take back what he said about Jenna Coleman's performance last week because she <laughs> completely sold it this week. She completely, especially sold it playing this week. against herself. Yes. Oh, oh my man. gosh. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. It's it, it, it's so good. I the I I I literally applauded out loud when they revealed how Kate got out of her situation. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I was applauding, and my family is looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And they said, "Oh, you're very happy that Kate's alive." And I said, "I'm very ca- happy that Kate used the lights." Fine, yeah, round wrap. I had to stop the. I had to stop the. Yeah, uh, DVR and tell explain to them <laughs> why that is. why that was uh, the coolest moment in Doctor Who this year. That when, just oh my gosh! When she first showed up underneath, I, I, with I the assumed pods, she I assumed was, it was fine. Really, yeah, yeah, I assumed, I assumed it was, was really her. her. Yeah, I did too. Um, I called, but was wait, was waiting for the how did you get out of it? Yeah, and the moment that she says uh, five rounds rapid I, I just oh my gosh had you guys so forgotten cool. about her by the time she showed up uh, no I hadn't because okay. I was still wondering okay yeah, so where's, yeah. where's Kate I was where's still Kate? tense now going, where's again Kate? I just came while. off of watching you just it. watched it yeah the, the last week's uh, Zygon Invasion episode so I, I yeah it was it was fresh in my mind so I was waiting I was waiting 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 and when she showed up I was like okay I bet she got out of this <laughs> I bet she got out of it somehow and I almost suspected how she got out of it. It just the, – the icing on the cake was <laughs> five rounds round. Ah. Uh, I even counted the shots because she shot five times. And, I, and, and it, as my mind is processing, did she just shoot five times? She says <laughs> the line and I go, <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. I, I, There's just so many nice little touches to the story. Like – after the, the discussion, the, the of the Sullivan's gas is in in the in the, one of the boxes, and then he the <laughs> imbecile's gas. gas. <laughs> I, I, I I even He's even calling it e- even though it was that, I was a little fist pumped, and Mel looked at me like, "What?" It's like, "I'll explain later." <laughs> that was awesome. And then I had to. Like, Harry Sullivan is an imbecile. Um. I, the the opening with Clara and being in this weird this is toothpaste <laughs> and well, the inverted numbers on a clock was weird at first it was like yeah what is that all about actually when she wakes up <laughs> Holly and I kind of both looked at each other like oh no <laughs> where <laughs> are we going with this yeah that sinking feeling and. Uh, I could tell she she knew she wasn't going to be too happy, but then it just it it ended up playing out the right way, and it was mm-hmm. like okay. <laughs> I you, you could have well, especially on the heels of last Christmas, yeah. the fact that she can recognize <laughs> that it's a dream now. Yeah, you could have done a whole episode of just that, as well as that was realized. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was I was the black toothpaste for more, coming out of the tube, and you know the newspaper and the yeah. TV, and just like oh man, more of this. This is great. Do a whole episode where somebody's trapped in there. I mean, yeah, but uh, and then talking to herself, interacting, and you know, trying to move, <laughs> move, move the TV, move the TV and TV. trying to you know control the figure, and then later when she's texting and not realizing yes. I mean, it's yes. like oh this is so and then the winking <laughs> this is yeah, to the point where bonnie keeps <laughs> I felt, like trying I, to... I kind of felt like the doctor should have realized it earlier that well why are you winking but uh, i don't know I, I, I because he keeps calling attention to it too why do you keep winking at me yeah <laughs> i don't know i i do you not know what winking yeah, is was was just, yeah. <laughs> there were some great lines there but it was yeah, like it was uh, it tactically was, it might not have made as much sense <laughs> it made for great dialogue yeah yeah, yeah. Great exchanges all the way around. The, the interactions between Capaldi and Osgood. Oh, they the had such good chemistry. They, oh, bring her back. Forget Maisie Williams. Put her I on want, the TARDIS. I want Osgood yeah. companion. We got an opportunity now. So we lost that. We thought we lost that opportunity in uh, last year's finale. So now I, we have I, the opportunity. I still love that we don't know if it was if it's really her or yeah. the, yeah. the 
Zygon versus. Obviously, we know one is a Zygon, but we still don't know we if... We definitely they, know one of them is a Zygon. Yeah. We knew that last time. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we don't know which we, one... We knew we one of them was a Zygon. We don't know which one died. Well, no, 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 no yeah, agreed, but... Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> knew that, but... At, we did, at, we at the point that survived. one of them died, we didn't know which one of them survived. I, um... Just, oh, where did, where did he even begin? Um, I'm going to nitpick. That's where I'm going to go with this. Because okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to talk about all the things that they got wrong. Cause it's going to be a short list. In... <laughs> <laughs> Rule number one. I refuse to believe that Clara or any woman, and ladies, feel free to back me up or debunk this. Anybody wears that much clothing to bed. Now it's a dream, so I'm going to let that one go. But she showed up. And it's television. She had her bra and her her pajama bottoms and her top and her hair and makeup were done. It was like, just just roll out like that. They they made her makeup much less as opposed to. Let's not talk about this because that's silly. That's dumb. (laughs) Go on to some legitimate (laughs) problems with this. Come on. Number two. I'm still not thrilled with the portrayal of Kate. I, 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 I feel like they, I mean, how do I want to put this? Love the five rounds rabbit. Don't get me wrong. That was great. And I like the fact that we're hearkening back to the fact that she is the Briggs daughter. I mean, it's kind of been hammered over the head in some ways, but just the fact that we, we get those little gentle reminders, but she's also a scientist. She should be, she's become less science. She's become less science in the military. And if if that's the way they're going to go with it, because they really want that brigadier doctor dynamic, I'm fine with that. But don't change her character midstream. And I feel like it's almost dumbing her down in order to get her to fit into that mold. And the whole episode last week where he was very disapproving of her, it was just like, it was a little grating. And this week they, 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 they smoothed it over a little bit. But she's still, she's using the gun, five rounds rapid. She's pleased with herself. The doctor is not. She shoots the Zygons that are there. The doctor is not happy about this. And she, I'm sorry, I know you don't approve. And it it, it just, I don't know, I go back to the, the Silurian uh, episode where the doctor's like, I'm going to go negotiate. And the bird's like, okay. And then he orders the airstrike. And the doctor was just, and they never resolve it. Yeah. Which is kind of the forgivable sin of the way the old series used to be run is that you could leave that and not ever touch on it. And you can't do that in the new series. You can't the way the way television is structured now, you kind of have to deal with the ramifications of these kind of interactions. And so the doctor has to be disapproving of that and and kind of come down on her. But I just I still feel like first and foremost she was a scientist. She should be a little more on the up and it's kind of like what I said last week is I don't mind unit being ineffective. I just don't want them to be imbecilic. Let me let me counter that point. That turn of character for her is necessary, and the reason why it was necessary for it was for the showdown between the two with one on each end and the doctor's speech, and who's the one that finally realizes the first one who's to- the first one to realize and shut the box and understand that she has gone so far to the militaristic side that think- she doesn't understand, and it's his impassioned speech that convinces her that. He's right. And she closes the box and she said she fi- the, the old Kate Stewart comes back. That was and it was completely necessary to go from the Kate Stewart we were introduced to to the very militaristic Kate Stewart. Because Kate Stewart's been put in this position where she is now the guardian of Earth. She is the one that is protecting Earth, not just the UK, but Earth from an alien invasion. And so what has happened has she has changed and come to that ultimate point where she has become out of necessity, very militaristic. Very Especially much on the like heels of the Day of the Doctor mm-hmm. and that whole showdown they had. So I love the fact that they went that far with her to the fault of her being so into her role as leader of unit that she has lost sight of the scientific side of her and she has become so militaristic, which makes the fact that she's the first one to close the, the box and agree with the doctor and 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 uh, relent that it becomes such an important moment for her because if she hadn't she still had 
the Kate Stewart that we were introduced to, if she had still been that character, there would have been no need to get to the point that we got to. So from a storytelling perspective, over the course of all of Kate's tenure, that was a pivotal moment. Now, if they slide back, which well, they can now because of, because the, memory, of the memory, that's right, the that problem. Going to, then, 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 to. then there's a bit of a problem. That's there. the problem. But, I agree with what everything happened, you just said. What happened was, was absolutely necessary, and everything prior to the mind wipe. Now, that being said, I did like the idea that he reused the mind wipe scenario yeah. from Day of the Doctor. I thought that was a nice callback. On the other hand, it does give them a reason to put Kate back into the milita- militaristic point. But, it, but, but if me, they decide not to, they could just, well, I only erase the what's in the box aspect of the memory. They to, could do it that way. To me, it, they could, yeah. They can get around it. To me, that was the most impactful moment was convincing Kate after she had fallen so far. Yeah. And so No, that, I that agree. And that, that, that was what sold... The, the fantastic speech from Capaldi was when she flips the lid closed on the box. And the, how she says, I apologize, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. The, 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 he she won gave her a great performance, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that just like, oh, thank God, we fixed all this. And then, okay, yes, thank you. And then, oh, well, yeah, this has happened 15 times previously. Zap. And my first reaction was, oh, my God, what the fuck? You know, this is it. And then I went, wait a minute. I think this he was is a Moffat reset button. Yeah. I don't think I like this. Moffat didn't write this. <laughs> he, well, he, he's credit. He's co wrote Yeah, well, just to get the threads in there, I'm sure. Just like the same thing with uh, the week that he co wrote on um, the Viking story. It yeah. was basically to get the threads in yeah. there. But I just, I, I worry that now that we, we have this great character moment for Kate and it builds up the Doctor's impassioned speech that much more, that it wasn't just a great speech. It was. Uh, a, a mind-changing speech. It was a life-altering speech. It was a, he reached somebody with that speech. And then, oh yeah, you've done this 15 times previously. That suddenly cheapens that whole segment now because was he really giving the whole speech or did the last time he nipped it in the butt a little bit sooner and we didn't really get to the end-all, be-all sooner? How many times has Osgood called him? Uh, now there's all these other things that are up. And it's, while on the one hand, it's like, oh, wow. The other hand's like, mm, I How don't. How many times have we been in this? I don't like that. We've just, you know, we took what was. We're not was learning anything this, from this. Exactly. So obviously the ceasefire may not be the greatest plan in the world. If we have to keep coming back to this moment. Now, you know, maybe we're learning something. Maybe we're not. Maybe it's a different way that we're getting to this moment each time it happens. But if. He has to give it that impassion of a speech every time. Maybe he, they should make it so they remember the speech at least. Yeah, I, I, I just I just don't know. Yeah, that that's a problem. But the the K character, I think, is even the boxes being empty, I didn't have a problem with. Yeah, no, that well, was, I, I that, that, that was a, a genius. Well, and we should have seen that we don't, coming. We don't, <laughs> we don't for sure know that the boxes are empty. Yeah, he, well, because yeah, nothing ever comes down to having to use them. Just the fact that he took it away. And there's such a great reveal over the, the two boxes. <laughs> Haven't you figured it out? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. There's a red box there. Like, oh, man. So that's, that, that, that's where... With that. Um, as great as Capaldi's speech was amazing and Kate's response was equally, I felt that the Zygon almost... I don't know if it was Jenna's performance or... How it was written almost felt like uh, she didn't struggle enough with flipping at the end. Like she had great resolve initially. And then I I don't know. I just felt like she was very quickly, okay, yep, uh, I'm good now. Mm. I didn't get that. Um, The flip maybe. I think the power of the speech was enough to flip anybody. Yeah. And I, I think some of that comes down to her performance maybe. Just didn't sell it as much as Kate's sold it for me. Mm. She's very. She's still very. I don't know if I if you well, if, if your speech was well through, through the whole thing. She was because of this, because of this, and I I love well the way he cut her down with. Well, well, uh, once you once you get your perfect society, then yes, what, what are you going to do with the people like you? We'll win, uh huh. And then what? Just who's, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And I think though, child aspect of it. Yeah, that's just it. I think it was the the child aspect of it that I was okay with her flipping because she was at that point it was it was shown to us that she's being very childlike. And 
children do that. Children do change on a dime when you can, when you've convinced them of your point. And so I think that, that based on that element of it, I think that maybe that's why it was, I, I, it sold it to me because mm-hmm. once he, once he drilled it down to a level that she was just very inexperienced and mature, and that's ultimately why she was acting out the way she was when she turned. Then I was fine with that. So maybe that maybe there's a difference between that could be. It also clarified the story of the child Zygon yes. from last week. Oh it was yeah. Like, oh, this one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I I thought her performance was great. I just. The, the just listening to the doctor break down that argument point by point by point <laughs> by point because you can't do that with the Daleks. Nope. No. Or the Cybermen nope. or, or Ice Warriors or, or any of these anybody. people. Well, you could with the Ice Warriors, I think. They would be the only ones that would be the exception to that clause. But yeah, well. You can't, you can't with the – because the doctor has changed the Ice Warriors, changed yeah. Yeah, their mind true. over time. They were – uh, not in the same fashion. Yeah, they became diplomats story, yeah. by the time we got around to Peladon. And, and they had the potential to be diplomats from the beginning. Yeah. It's just they were kind of warbent for a while. But Well, anytime he encounters the warbent ones, they're always kind of an isolated group. I've never right. really it's got the – It's almost – yeah, like this. Like, like this. I've never really got the impression that the entire <laughs> ice warrior race is ice warrior. But I like the the, the fact that this kind of – Tackled or kind of mirrored the real world with yeah. with uh, factions and, and uh, you know splinter uh, groups. Of yeah, it just, extremists and it was. I mean, even down to last week's video with Osgood and the two uh, Zygons standing on each side of her. I mean, that's very reminiscent of, of what we're seeing oh, in, yeah. in society nowadays. And, and, and the idea of the was, there was definitely a message there, and, and the idea more touched on last week of the immigration aspect of it, I thought was fascinating too. This is a very adult episode, yeah, for what is still in many corners perceived as a children's show. I mean, when you have the paranoia and the things from last week, and then you end on the cliffhanger, and then we do actually blow up at the. I was flabbergasted that we showed <laughs> an airplane getting blown up on TV. Yeah, I, what? Yeah. You can do that? I mean, <laughs> just blown away by that. Um, and then... <laughs> I love that his parachute had a union jack. <laughs> and then she called him out on it. <laughs> camouflage. Uh, <laughs> We're in England. <laughs> We're in England. It's camouflage. Uh, uh, speaking of James Bond... James, yeah. <laughs> Subtle nod to what hit theaters that week, I yeah. think, is where we went with that. Uh, it was so... Good on you, production team. Gosh, it was a callback all the way to, what was it, The Spy That Loved Me? Is that the one where yeah. he jumps out and he's got the... And then, of course, two, three years, four years ago, when the Queen jumps out of the plane when he oh, for takes the her to... Yeah, yeah. He, he takes her to the Olympics. She's got the Union Jack uh, parachute. So that was just... I don't know, uh, As a Bond fan, that was really cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> The Doctor being James Bond again. Mel was a little uncertain about Capaldi's hair. It's funny, after we talked about how short it was in the, uh, well, it's good. the this last one. Quite long. I, I like it. This, this to me, is it, it kind of fits a little bit more with that rebellious well, it's, guitar it, playing Doctor. And, 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 and still kind of has the long mad scientist-esque yeah, feel yeah. that Capaldi brings to the character. Yeah. yeah. Now, I will say I think this is the extreme length of... Where I want his hair at. Oh, yeah, not much any, longer. Any longer than this, it's going to start looking more and more like Pertwee. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I well, noticed in this, they also kind of pared back his eyebrows yeah. a bit more. Well, it's starting not to grow really. into the... <laughs> um, I think bro. maybe because I've seen Capaldi in so much stuff prior, I've seen the degrees of hair change in him over the years, so it's not as noticeable maybe to me as you guys. But when it, when it was most noticeable is when we watched uh, Listen for a Halloween yeah. Uh, Friday Night Who, and then turned around and, and went back and watched this season with the, the Zygon stories. It's it's really whoa, that's a quite a change from last year. But I was like, Tennant's hair would do that, you know. <laughs> well, even Smith's hair. Well, Smith was, Smith went from like so really yeah. super long well, to it, super I mean, short. Yeah. It went from chaotic to quaffed. Yeah, season five to six. You know, I'm talking about the Doctor's hair. That's, <laughs> 
Um, I don't. You know, it's funny. I don't notice things like that until you bring them up, though. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. And it was. It was the only reason I, I. It was on my mind this week was because we watched Listen, but it's it, yeah, things somebody, like I, that just don't they, they don't they don't hit me. I don't know why. I'm a superficial watcher, I guess. I don't like his hair. Clothing doesn't so much either. You guys will bring something up. I'll go. Oh, yeah, that I guess he did have a different. Uh, I love that the other Zyg- uh, the other Osgood is in Seven's jumper. And yeah, it was cool. Everything. What do we um, What do we think about the name? I haven't looked. I'm sure there's a corner of fandom somewhere that's just absolutely screaming. <laughs> oh, I, I think it has relation to Basil a, Disco. Are you talking about Basil? Or are you Basil. talking about her name? The, the, the no, name I was like, well, well either. he gave her that. That's some relation to some media. Uh, Basil. No, no. Oh, Zygella? Yeah, Zygella is mm. uh, some. I, I don't know if it's a. Osgood's it's a character name, on a. Going, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, Zygella was the Bonnie. He gave Z- Bonnie the name Zygella, and it's a ref. It's some cultural cultural reference to a soap opera character or something. I can't. Oh, I, I, I did not I know came that. across that earlier in the week, or not earlier in the week, uh, earlier in the weekend, and, and didn't read too much about it because it, it was spider. It was lost on me. I was like, hey, not, that, that must be a well, regional was, re- reference there. So. What was Osgood's first name? Petunia or something. Petunia? No, no. It wasn't even that. It was something even more complex. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. What's your first name? I'm trying to find it. Basil. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> just with a look in your eye. No, it's that's not. You did not just give us a subtle reference to your name and then dropped it. That was the, the look that he gave was like, I just made this up. <laughs> Basil. So none of us think that's his actual. No, I don't. No, absolutely not. Uh, they may have cleverly slipped it in, but it, I don't think that was it. I, just the way that the 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 expression on the doctor's face when he says it just completely exuded. I just made this up. <laughs> We're just going to go with this, Basil. <laughs> so then, is that Osgood's real first name? Or did she make it up too? She might. Have. I don't think you make a name like that up. I think there's a reason why you go by Osgood. <laughs> Petronella. 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 That's it. I like that he keeps trying to get which one she is. Because even after he's the first one to give that speech to Kate and, well, Bonnie, because we don't know it's Claire at the time, or Claire at the, we think it's Claire at the time, but even in the Zygon invasion where he is talking about they're both. He he says that first, yeah, and then Osgood qualifies it. But you can see that he it's piqued his interest even <laughs> as well. And in and in private conversation with her, he asks her the question, and she gives pretty much the same answer that he yeah. had given to Clara and and, and uh, Kate, which I loved. I thought it was great. I, I thought it was fantastic. That yeah, oh. on, on a smarter intellectual level, that's what that's what you that's the speed that's what you yes, deliver. That's, that's what yeah. you tell somebody because that's the the way to do it. But then he the curiosity's even got the best of him, and so he asks the same question. She gives the same answer that he gave, and so suddenly you think, okay, we're going to be satisfied with satisfied with that. But ultimately, then at the end of this episode, he's still asking her. He's still curious. Yeah. He still wants to know. His curiosity <laughs> has gotten the best of him, and he asks again, and she still doesn't give him the. the the answer that he's looking for. And the I fact that, that she will someday when it's no yeah, longer necessary it. to know. The, the the first time when the doctor answered that question with, why does it matter? And just swelling with pride and you go, doctor. And then he asks her. Yeah. And it's like, oh, come on, man. Don't, don't, See, don't I liked that, though. I, See, I really and liked the, and that. The, the first time he asked her almost, to me, came across as a tactical aspect of if, if things go down sure. and... I need to know I'll if you're going to switch to a Zygon yeah. or not. I, I might. And, and, and that's where I wrote it off at. And then he asks her again and says, it could be important later. Now, I didn't think about this until just now here at the table. What if it could be important later because there actually is something in the box? Oh, yeah. Well, what be, if that's yeah. his concern is that if that button gets pressed, Osgood's going away? Yeah, that could be very possible. We may revisit this at the <laughs> end of the season, I have a feeling. Hmm. <laughs> Intriguing. Um, gosh, so and, here, and here I thought the so doctor was goodness. smarter than to leave. You know, when he said they were empty, I was like, well, of course they're empty. He wouldn't leave that stuff <laughs> laying around. 
the hand of Omega, though, he totally left that on Earth. <laughs> I was like, maybe not. <laughs> He's totally okay leaving this stuff lying around for alien races to pick up years down there, the road. There's, there's clues to the idea that the Osgood could be the Zygon version of Osgood because she's very excited about the TARDIS and almost reacts as though it's the first time she's ever seen it. And we know that actual Osgood has seen the TARDIS because they hauled it in with the helicopter oh, at the very yeah, beginning. That's true. Now, on the flip side of that, there's not enough awe and interest in it to not say that just because Osgood is such a fan of the Doctor, anytime she sees the TARDIS, she's, she's going to be in awe and excited. Yeah. So you, you can kind of lean towards the idea that maybe this is the first time she's seen it, but then again, she's such a fan, she, she could just be and that she would way also every have the memories of the last well, time she saw exactly. it, too, even if she's a Zygon. Right? That's true. And, and she gets, she asks, what, what does it stand for? And he's like, <laughs> that was a great you ought to know that. Well, I've seen so many. And so immediately I'm going, oh, Zygon! And then he, she says, well, I've seen so many versions of what it yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, fixed. <laughs> well, and I love Darn. the fact that, that an article I read said that, that it was a neat callback to the fact that there's been some – it's been said differently, time and relative dimension in space and time and relative dimensions in space. And that was their, their callback that this was the, you know, this was a clever way of coming up with some, here's a new one because it's been said so many times, but it's also, if you look back, it's even a, a more smarter reference to the very first episode where Susan says she made the name up. And this time the doctor says, well, it's a main the name that I made up. So to me, it was even more of a callback, not just to the many times that they've said the acronym differently, but or the the words for the acronym differently, but it's a callback to the fact that Susan initially says that she's the one that came up with the name and that she invented it, and then this time the doctor's saying, "Well, it's a, it's the name I invented for it." <laughs> when all along in the series, they've all been called Tardises, and so it had to have been an invented name long before the doctor yeah. or Susan even invented <laughs> it. But now he's putting into the mythos that, well, it's a name that I came up with. But then he goes one step further to turn it into a joke because then he calls it, <laughs> what's it, uh, time, uh, something, something. Totally something rad driving in space. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> what was with the disco? I, I, I figured the first time he said Dr. Disco, it was a one-off, and it was a joke. And then he stuck with it when he flashes the sonic paper. <laughs> I think it's, just a, I think it's just a fun – yeah. I, I think, think, I think it's it's a, because it's in the two-parter. I don't think, I don't think it'll, it'll, through yeah, it. I don't think I think it's just yeah, carrying through. Yeah. Uh, I think, though, it name. also we goes with sonic the – Specs this week. I also – I like Sonic Specs, too. Yeah, can I change my answer? I – the – well, to me, that's what they are now because the doctor finally said it. Yeah. But um, the, to me, I think it's also the the disco thing is also there's this this light continuing musical thread that's going through the entire season, and so I think that there's just one more thing to add to that layer of this is the musical doctor. This is the doctor that plays guitar and is very rock and roll, and we're gonna have some fun and we're gonna say he's Doctor Disco. He's John Disco. I, I think that's just another layer or element yeah. to that to that aspect. And and as Keith said, I don't know that it'll carry over past the two parter. I think it was just at least a the Disco theme. nickname, yeah. but it'll be something else next time. Anything else on this story? I, so much good. I. I thought Sean was going to have a huge pedantic oh, no, no, list, no, no, but no. he doesn't. <laughs> I told you it was nitpicking. I shut down your first one, and your second one was you had a good point at the very end of it, but that was it. <laughs> you know, that to me is the trap. If 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 they've and I I would like I kind of wish they would have clarified. Well, no, if, if it was actually fifteen times, or if he was just being. Pulling a random Coy. number out yeah. of the hat. I mean, yeah. that's another thing. It, she, maybe she knew this before when they set it up and she agreed to the wiping. It could have just been the once and he could have just been coy of, well, yeah, it's been 15 times. At least it feels like it has been. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of played it off as though that might be a half-truth. You know, That's, that's kind of how I'm retconning it in my head, headcanon. Because if it is, in fact, 15 times, then your point is, is valid. I agree. So. I'm a literal viewer too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
if they say it on screen. Well, that's another true. thing is it's, it's one <laughs> of these. His name is Basil. Even, His name is Basil, and he can regenerate 572 times. <laughs> so he even, said that. Even, the, even though I've seen both of these now, the, and the first one twice, I probably will go back and watch these again this week. It was just that enjoyable. I'll probably go back and watch I'll probably go back and watch them both back, back to back. back. I, I totally agree with what Kirk said in that I mean, there were episodes last season that that I enjoyed immensely, but the quality of the episodes of this season has just risen so much that it really makes last season feel uneven and wonky. And and like you said, that maybe Moffat and Capaldi were still trying for something that they didn't quite know if it was there. Part of it, say what you will about the two-parters, but that means we're getting less stories this season. So... That's less chances for there to be a dip. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I I kind of look back and and I thought of this a few weeks back when we when I was thinking I was on such a high of how well this season has been been going, and I, I even remember in Eleven's uh, first season thinking that it was a lot it was a lot more uneven than it got later, and so I wonder if maybe that's a just a Moffat trait that when you're tr- when you're exploring your a new character exploring a new doctor exploring a new relationship that it maybe it just is un- it's going to be uneven. Well, I think you could and even that argue that for happens. Tenet's first season. Well, too. certainly, yeah, certainly it's very uneven. But I, Tenet's tenure now he again of of the three four that we've had now in the new series. His was the longest, so yeah. that 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 goes against what I'm going to say. But I felt his entire tenure felt uneven, whereas well, <laughs> the first season for Matt felt uneven, and then from then on, I think everything was pretty level. <laughs> there were a few dips. The same thing with Capaldi so far is with Capaldi's first season, I felt it was very uneven, and then this season has been solid just from the beginning. So I, I wonder if that's a Moffat trait is that first time, that first season when he's discovering who the Doctor's going to well, be. Well, and, and and just from a, a logical and production aspect, it makes sense that the first season's a bit on, more uneven. The actor is trying to find his legs. The scripts have been written before they know how the character is really going to be portrayed, right. uh, and. It makes sense that, okay, we know who this guy is now, how Matt or how Peter is going to portray the Doctor. Now we can write stories catered to how he's going to portray him. Yeah. It makes sense. That's true. It's it's one thing to bring an actor in and have them read something and go, oh, right, you give, nailed it. Give us what you're going to do. Versus writing something for an established character and knowing how you can hear their voice and what the yeah. cadence of the speech is and being able to nail that and, and, and knows what like, know what things are within this incarnation's character to do yeah and what's not another thing about this story that i got especially during the speech elements of the speech not the entire time but during elements of the speech i really got a fourth doctor vibe a lot of times just the way that he was doing and slipping back into the game show host thing i just i felt that was yeah. very fourth doctorish you know not that the fourth doctor would do something like that but it was the way that he carried himself and the way that he drove some of the points that i really it really felt like that kind of that whimsical fourth doctor you never know what level or what how how serious he is being about something and i i really kind of that i that came off in that performance, and I think that's another thing that I really liked about it because, as everybody knows, four is my doctor. So it's I think it really kind of uh, touched a nerve there with me, a good nerve with me in that in that sense. As What's well. the Baker um, when he says, "What's it for? What's it all for?" And he, he's very, and it just kind of explodes out of him out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, they're, I mean, they're in a tense situation, whatever it is, but yeah, that that particular it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. that that swooping up and down from. Getting to the heart of the matter, but still, you know, keeping the whimsicalness of it. It just... I, I saw a lot of Shades of Eleven in the way that the speech... Crescendoed. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, you know, that it built up and, and, and the cadence of it. And, I think, and I think that's a Moffat speech. Yeah, that could be yeah, too. I but, wondered the same thing. Because there are some, like in Sherlock, that almost had the same feel. And um, Moffat's writing is coming across there. Yeah. He could have just been punching it up too. I mean, a little bit of seven when he, yep. when he oh does yeah, his, yeah. You know, no, rice pudding, and you know he's kind of kind of laying into him about that too. So yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe that's what makes that speech so good is maybe that it's, because it's there's so many elements of, yeah. reminiscent of everything, and then then it's pulling on the the strings of the time war of the pain of all of that of. Whew. 
just, oh man, when I, I think that <laughs> that whole speech is going to be one of the seminal moments of Capaldi's run as a doctor. Yeah, so now we have to deal with every guest doctor at every convention having to read that speech now. <laughs> <sighs> when uh, when he says. I'm forgetting the actual wording of it, but um, I had a button on a box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm getting chills now. Well, I, I had a box and it had a button. Yeah. yeah. And, and I had to make that choice. Well, and, and the lines before that of, I fought in wars you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. And when I close my eyes, I hear the screams of women and children and people dying. Was, more, more than anybody could possibly count. Yeah. Which they... Which is a nice tieback and character growth for the Doctor since Day of the Doctor. Yeah, it, it it it's a wonderfully written line because when he starts to say, "I fought in wars," the you know, blah, blah, and you're kind of thinking, "Oh, it's that speech. You're going to get the war story now." And he's going to, "Oh, back in my day, we used to do this." <laughs> and you know, it just, it just sounds like one of those kinds of things that somebody would say. You have no idea what it was like, but then he immediately flips it and quantifies. This is what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not giving some random. I mean, of course, we all, we all know he's not ghosting. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it is. He, he's you know explaining the horrors of it, and it it, it just flipped that quick for me. It's like, oh god, this is just. I think the speech also does something to nail down the fact that even though Day of the Doctor was sort of a redemption and a release for the Doctor, that it still does weigh on him, everything still, that he it's experienced. Still baggage he it's still baggage that he carries. And I like that the, the yeah. speech still, while not beating you over the head with it, still gives you that implication that he still lived that. He won't forget what he went through. Despite the fact that everything seems to be rosy after Day of the Doctor, he still lived through that. He still carries those experiences with him, and I, I love that. I like. Well, that I, cool. I think it also lends to some of Series Eight's theme of him being kind of anti-soldier. It helps give some gravity to why he was kind of so prickly towards Danny and Journey Blue and yeah. all the other soldier stuff. Um, another thing, what do you guys think of the comment when I think it's Oscar good, um, when she brings up the fact that, uh, you know, what, uh, you feel relieved that, uh, Clara's not dead. And he says, yeah, the longest month of my life. Oh, no, that was Clara. Like out of the, out of nowhere. Oh, Clara brought that up. Yeah. What do you think when you, you thought it was at the end? That's right. He said it was the longest month of my life. Where does that come from? Is that something that? We're alluding to down the road. I don't know what's what's the longest month of my life. I mean, it wasn't a month. It was, as she said, it was a you know short it wasn't time. Five minutes, but, but yeah, right. Yeah, she says that. Does she says it, it wasn't was five a, minutes? Oh, but well, she, no, she says, oh, it was five minutes. Come on, yeah. I just it, the whole month thing. I wonder. I wondered if maybe we were planting a seed to another mystery that wouldn't surprise me. Another oh wow moment. I, I suppose it's possible that this episode does unfold over the course of a month. Because there's a lot of invasion that, that, that happened between where and, – and we, we've got people on other continents that all Kate kind of – did get back to the UK really fast from the US. Yeah. I mean – I could buy it, but – We're talking at least a day travel time for both of them. I, I, I think that that would have been – I don't think it would have been – I don't think it would have been – yeah. I don't think it would have been dropped in one line like that though to – Explain to the viewer that yeah. it was. I, I think to me, I feel like there's something more to that statement that we're going to get maybe later. Yeah, very easily could be. I mean, maybe the doctor's just exaggerating with the longest month of my life. I was five minutes, and then I loved his retort about I'll be the judge of time. Yeah, I'll be the judge of time. Well, uh, which is and, and well, it was another that's, thing that that's led the me part to, that made me yeah. go, oh, oh wait, wait he's not joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, also she was in the pod. Who, he doesn't. She doesn't know how long it was. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's. Then he skulks off, and maybe he is aware of something that's because that's what I want to know. They, is they, they maybe this with is the a different... idea that he's concerned about what's going on with her, and that he he's repeatedly expressed this concern that he's going to lose her. And so I wonder if, like you said, is something coming that he's aware of, or has, because we're going to find out later he, he was he, made aware. Here's of. Here's the thing with this: is this is the first time we did this a little bit with Eleven, but this is really the first time that we've experienced a relationship with a companion 
where there are a lot of things that he's doing in between and he's popping back into Clara's life all the time. And we're getting the narrative from Clara's point of view because we see her in virtually every thing that she has he visited Clara Clara already and seen things about her that we haven't seen in our narrative view yet? That's yeah. one of the things that I'm most concerned about That's very is awesome. that he knows Clara's fate because he's already experienced it. But we're seeing things from Clara's time stream, and so we haven't seen that happen. So I wondered if maybe that was a, a mention to that. I wonder if it plays in with the idea that we, since we're getting River at Christmas, did Moffat know that he wanted to do that and maybe structured this to be a little out of order? And maybe we're going to find out Christmas that River lays all this on him. And this whole season has been out of order. And yeah. Yeah. And that that's, that's how that particular thing works. And they just didn't make the announcement until they knew they could wrap up Alex Kingston's scheduling. It's possible. No, this know. would surprise it's me at this point. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. With, with the way Moffat writes these things. It's oh, like, yeah. well, I guess we'll find out when we find out. I still want to know what happened to the duck pond, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on this one? Hi, Marks. Yeah. Hi, Marks. Very high. Uh, yeah, um, you know, if, if all TV was this good, I'd probably watch more of it. <laughs> <laughs> What do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up on the schedule next week, Friday night, who is Love and Monsters? I know some of you are thrilled and some of you are going, oh, God. If I'm- not, go back to episode number. <laughs> <laughs> We've listened discussed to that my- one, Ed Nauseam. Listen, and- Listen to my, why you should like Love and Monsters. Um. And then. I uh, wish our- I could recall that episode. I thought <laughs> my it's real early on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's relatively early but uh, and then our show next week, we will be discussing Sleep No More, which, um, I don't know, the jury's out for me on this one based on just on the trailer. I, I'm not normally a big fan of the found footage things because... I keep forgetting it's a found footage. It's, it's a I lim- even watched In my the... mind, it's a limited way of telling a story. Yeah. You can do some neat things with it, but it's a gimmick. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how cool your storytelling was, it's still a gimmick. So, yeah, it's true. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of worried coming off of... This <laughs> now you 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 could put Shakespeare after this and yeah. you're like yeah it wasn't as good <laughs> so maybe that's the idea maybe that's, somebody came that's up a with blind a everybody likes Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just came up with well we know this was a gimmick episode so we'll put it after the really good one everybody will hate it anyway so I don't know maybe, maybe it'll be phenomenal we'll find out um, we have. Um, I guess I don't want to say too much more just in case confirmation-wise because we don't know yet um, on that. So uh, so I'll wait. We will be um, reviewing Schizoid Earth again, a yes. spoiler review of Schizoid Earth coming up. Yes. Um, and obviously we'll have a spoiler review eventually of Beast of Fang Rock. So if you've managed to get a hold of both of those books, make sure you get them read before we do those reviews. And you can chime in on Beast of Fang Rock in the Goodreads Book Club because that's the book of the month for November. And I promised there would be uh, some slight schedule revisions coming. Have not happened yet. Also, uh, I did get your text. Um, uh, The Patreon uh, 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 baskets, the goodies, have not gone out because we were still waiting for one piece. I understand from the uh, designer, distributor... I'm not quite sure what the word that I'd be looking for is. Creator. Creator. <laughs> um, that They are uh, supposedly to have been in shipment and arrive the first week of November, which we will then get those out as soon as I get them because they, sh- they should be any time now coming in. So I have everything ready to go except for that final piece of the puzzle. Uh, and so if you have sent me your address, thank you. Yes, I received it. I have it. If you've not sent me your address and you're uh, uh, sending us some money on Patreon, make sure you give me your address so that we can – you can send that out. And we should, uh, at this point, uh, <laughs> plug our Patreon uh, <laughs> subscribers. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to Patreon and uh, make a donation to this podcast because uh, all of that money does go right back into this show in order to uh, help it. I want to give a shout-out to Mitch, who uh, upped her pledge this week, I saw. So thank you very thank much you, for thank doing you very that. Much. that that's, that's Head and Beyond helps us to... Uh, uh, continue this podcast, and that's where a good amount of the revenue stream for this show goes. And 
by doing that, if servers you, and websites. And, yeah. So, yeah. and by doing that, by upping your uh, uh, Patreon support, that also helps us to bring you as a listener more things, and, and we can we can kind of expound and, and do bigger and greater things uh, as we go along. So, we we certainly appreciate all the help we can get. Thank you for those that continue to subscribe on Patreon. If Patreon is not your thing and uh, you want a little something for your money, um, there is uh, links on our website, www.travelingthevortex.com. One of these weeks I'll get that whole thing out <laughs> without stumbling through it. We, uh, you, we have links to Entertainment Earth and Amazon and um, our Spreadshirt sh- uh, shop in which you can buy merchandise from Traveling Vortex. Each of those uh, merchants uh, – Part of that money goes to us as well so that we can put that back into the podcast. So we certainly appreciate your support there. So if you find something there, if you if you got Christmas coming up and you know some Doctor Who uh, fans that you want to buy presents for, if you're going to buy online, if you're going to buy through Amazon, if you're going to buy through Entertainment Earth, simple step, just go right to the, our site, click on the link and go through there because that redirect is where we get our, uh, our uh, percentage from. So. And if you're bored at work, pull up our website and click on an ad banner. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? I think they actually have to purchase something for us to get something. Oh, uh, it's not just click through. It's not just click throughs. Oh. But, but the click through is the, 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 the click through is the first step. <laughs> we have to have that click through because if we go straight to Amazon or straight to Entertainment Earth, we don't get anything. So <laughs> whether you buy or not, we don't get anything. But so. you have to buy. You have to buy. Well, I'll stop wasting time at work. And of course, you can find us on the various forms of social media, and those are Keith. We are on Twitter at Travel Vortex. We're on Facebook, Traveling the Vortex, Google Plus, Tumblr, and of course the Goodreads Book Club. All right. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we close this show? That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.